Hey everybody, welcome to the Vet Tech Tap Room. This is our spin-off series from the Vet Tech Cafe. These episodes are live and uncut, discussing hot topics in our field, or talking about previous episodes amongst ourselves, and always highlight something positive happening in our profession. These episodes will be published as regular podcast episodes and will also be available on our YouTube channel as well. So get yourself a beer or a potato water and find us live on Instagram and join the discussion. Now if you'll excuse us, those are our beers the bartender is pouring. Hey caffeinators, welcome to uh, the Vet Tech Tap Room, um, where go ahead and get your drink ordered and put it on Veterinary Viewfinders tab because <laughs> they got some free poison control advice uh, the other day. And, I love it. And they owe our guests some drinks, so so go ahead and put it on the Veterinary Viewfinder tab. Dave, are you you got anything good tonight? Uh, no, I'm I'm still doing my exercise thing. Uh, I just reached a milestone uh today after my run uh i was dumb and i ran outside again uh 85 degrees and a thousand percent humidity um but i made it to my my goal weight uh i i have lost 30 pounds since april mid-april um so i'm still pseudo pseudo dieting um uh, that's all going to go out the window when we get to ivex because (laughs) Uh, there'll be many, many beers to be had there. Yes. Yes. Um, but I'm, I'm still working on my water and, and, and being healthy at this point. Um, and, uh, foregoing the, the alcoholic beverages at, at this point, but soon I will be back on board with you. What are you drinking? Um, I have a, um, well, that's good. Mm-hmm. Single IPA I have on tap here at home. I'm just trying to kick the keg because, um, we ordered two new kegs today, um, one for me, one for Molly, and they'll be here on Saturday. So Love it. That's I gotta, awesome. I got to drink that down. So, um, But, yeah, um, we wanted to come on here, and uh, you know, we're trying to do this every month now um, and kind of recap our previous episodes, discuss some stuff that's going on um, and some stuff that's coming up. So you mentioned Ibex. I say we start yeah, there. Before let's start we there, yeah. We just, reali- just realized it's a month away. Yeah, we're we're going to be there this time next month, um, and we got to still get some swag together. We've got a bunch of stuff already, but we got to get some stuff to bring for caffeinators. Yeah, um, and I know uh, I don't want to say too much because we don't we, we've discussed it. We don't really have a plan for it yet, but I think it's going to work out where we're going to be able to record a special episode, um, mm-hmm. like a, a regular like on schedule episode, but record it live with the guests and all three of us right there together at if Ibex. If we can figure out the live part of it. <laughs> which I, I think is going to be super fun. Um, and yeah, I mean, just again, great to see. Yeah, all I, of our I can't people. wait. I, I hope, you know, I know there's a couple of dozen people you and I look forward to seeing every mm-hmm. year and it's, you know, some people are there some year and some people are there the next. Not everybody yep. gets to go every year. And certainly I, I missed last year. So I'm really looking forward to going again. Um, and Molly's coming this year. Mm-hmm. So um going to be a lot of fun. And I've roped, you? You into, I've roped you into doing the 5K. Yes, we're going to be doing the 5K. Um, and I know you're doing a bunch of lecturing and stuff in, in labs. What all do you got going there? I got, I got a couple of lectures. Um, one is going to be on shock. Uh, and the other one I'm doing is on the work-life balance mm. or as I'm calling it, the life-work balance. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of stuff that I've taken from our talks with people here 
on this on this platform um you know kind of mixing it in with how i do uh relief work and and things like that um this is this is a a, a fun lecture to write because it's not it's not medical you know it's mm. Most of the lectures I always give are, are going to be medical, um, and, and this one is, is not. So I'm kind of enjoying that. But we're also I'm also part of a group that is doing the medical math escape room, which we are we just had a meeting trying to coordinate how we're going to do all that stuff. Um, have you ever done a, a escape room? No, I have not. I've done a few of them. They're they're, they're kind of fun where you got to figure stuff out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and only two of us on on the panel have actually done escape rooms so it's it's kind of interesting trying to teach the other two um this is how escape rooms work this is how we should do this um but it it's been it's been a fun little process and it's a nerdy math thing that i love to right. do so. so so do they have to solve like complex medical math to get out of the room is that the so deal i i, I don't want to give away too much information yeah, yeah. but but the the way that we're trying to formulate it is that you get a case and there's a bunch of different math problems and clues that you have to figure out to get keys and combinations to undo some locks and things like that. So amazing. Still oh. trying to figure out the logistics of everything, but it, it's been a lot of fun to, to kind of coordinate with these guys. And it's, it's something that, um, Karen Roach came up with, um, one one night at the last ivex of like we should do this and you know kind of like you and i talking saying oh this is a great idea we should do this yeah. and like the next day are like are we still doing this like yeah right. we're still doing this and right you know we're, we're almost there so well hopefully i'm sure it will be but hopefully it's as much fun for those attending that workshop as it is yeah. you guys yeah preparing this because it sounds like a lot of fun it is it is a lot of fun yeah it's and it's it's good to like do those like collaborations with with other people that that are that are great and VTSs in this in this field that that do amazing things. So I'm I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how it all comes together. Gotcha. Awesome. And you're not lecturing this year, right? You're you're just I am not. you're just going to be an attending. attendee. I'm just attending. I'm not doing any labs or anything like that. Um, I didn't submit for anything just because last year after Daphne was born, I wasn't sure what this year was going to look like, sure, yeah. and so I just was like, well, if I get to go next year, it'll just be as an attendee, and so. Um, I haven't decided for next year, although I think probably I already missed the deadline. Even nope, to it's, submit it's, for the next end, year. it's the end of, uh, I think it's the end of September. End of September. Okay. Yeah. So I might submit, but really anymore, I, I feel disingenuous talking about anything that's not toxicology related right. because that's all I do anymore. That's all like, you do now. Yeah. I'm not on the floor. I, I don't feel like I can do ventilator labs or like there's other people that need to be doing that stuff now it's it's in a lot of ways i feel like a lot of the ecc things have passed me by but i'm staying relevant in in what is important to the work i'm doing now but i'm not like i'm not as up to date on shock or a lot of those things yeah but but you are you are of of the people i know you are one of the experts in the field in toxicology so you know that that should be something that that yeah you are the quote unquote subject matter expert <laughs> on that. So, um, yeah, you should definitely submit, submit yeah, for toxicology I, labs and I will do some stuff for, for next year. Um, cause I, I think, you know, now we're in a really good place. Like Daphne's going to stay home with grandma yeah. and. So oh, she's not coming. Nope. She's not coming. Oh, no, she's, I thought she, I thought, mm-hmm. I thought she was coming. No, we initially were thinking maybe we would bring her and bring grandma with us, yeah. but we're just, Nope, she's just going to stay home and stay with her and uh, okay. or with with her grandparents. So yeah. I think it'll be great. 
Um, so it'll just be us. So okay. we'll actually be away. Yeah. 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 Is, is so, this like your first vacation away from? Yes. Uh, I want to say vacation. She, it's not really a vacation. Yeah. <laughs> she, she actually had to stay with them the other night because I worked an overnight and Molly was day shift. And so like neither one of us could really mm-hmm. be around during the night. So she's already kind of stayed there overnight. So it shouldn't be too big of a. Yeah, but this is a long, a longer. This is a longer thing. Longer but, deal. I mean, where you're not, you're not going to be right yeah, there. Like you can't right. just pop over and say, "Oh, we'll take right. care of it." <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. But she sees them almost every day, so I feel like it'll be, it'll be fine. Yeah. So well, and she'll, yeah. and she'll be what a year, a year and a half. At She's going to be a year, basically a year and like yeah. four months. Yeah. So well, hopefully everything will go well. Yeah, I think it'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. So um, let's see what else. I, one other thing I wanted to say too before I forget, um, we got a new Patreon today, yes, and we I want to give a massive shout out to Lauren Galato, who uh, thank you first of all very much for your support. Um, she was my um, ICU supervisor at Tufts. Um, she had a very difficult job of of a wrangling all of us, but all of the difficulties of trying to get stuff done on an academic scale and you know overseeing the ICU and she 100 did the best she could with what she had to work with and mm-hmm. and I was a huge fan of hers while I was there I still am and um, so I uh, am super stoked that she jumped on board to support us so Lauren thank you so much yes for, thank you very much really 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 appreciate it um the other thing, Dave, I think we really wanted to talk about it. It certainly got a lot of traction and a lot of shares and a lot of discussion online. Was um, Stephen's recent episode, or excuse me, uh, article? <laughs> article, uh, <laughs> yeah, not episode. <laughs> um, and it was, you know, kind of an op-ed that he did, and it's titled "AVMA: The Ultimate Gatekeepers and Their Disdain for Veterinary Technician Advancement." And it was, it's about a week and a half old now. Um, I saw a lot of discussion about it from yeah. our side. Um, yeah. A lot of shares, a lot of, you know, comments and things. Um, I'll admit I didn't see, uh, certainly though, I guess it wouldn't really have been from the AVMA's point of view. So I don't really have any DVM perspective right. on it, right. but I'm curious your thoughts. Um, you know, it, it, brought to light a lot of things that I didn't realize was going on. Um, you know, I, the, the things that he pointed out, you know, just the, the way that the technicians are, are kind of devalued, I guess, in, mm-hmm. in the eyes of a lot of, a lot of mm-hmm. the higher ups in that, in that organization. So, you know, it, it kind of opened my eyes to a lot of different things that, you know, in, in my little bubble here in North Carolina, I, I wasn't really aware of. Yeah. Um, so, you know, def- definitely take a read. It, it it's on Medium, um, which I've I've read some stuff on Medium before, um, and it says it's a fourteen minute read. It took it. I would say it took me about fourteen fifteen minutes to read yeah, it. It's it's a good long, well it's thought a, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he talks a lot about the mid level practitioners, and you know, mid level pr- practitioners for me is is one of those topics that I I waver so much. Just like with the the title change of nurse mm-hmm. versus technician, where I, I see a lot of things where I don't want to say I'm like easily influenced, but I I'm open to mm-hmm. to good ideas about about the opinions of them. And we we talked just earlier yesterday about the mid level practitioner because you saw it in the human world, mm-hmm. um, 
and how valuable that is in the human world. And why can't we make that work in the veterinary profession? Uh, I I think it's just a a matter of we haven't figured out how to do it yet. How to do it. And that's just it. Like we just have to do it. And I think on some level, like regardless of your thoughts on the mid-level practitioner or where we are now, whether uh, forget about the because we've we've had Stephen on the show a couple of times, and and you know he's talked about you know just how much he hates the title, and <laughs> and I think we all do. I mean, yeah, we so- all do. Yeah, it, it sounds like whatever, but um, at the same time, like we have to be working towards something, right? Um, like all these things. Yes, I completely agree. There are a whole lot of ducks we have to get into a row before we tackle some of these other things but we still have to have something out there we have to have that carrot out in front of us that we're working towards i truly believe um otherwise we're really not gonna do anything um we have to have a five-year plan a 10-year plan a 20-year plan like something that the reason that we are doing this is because then it's going to lead to this. And then once we do this and, you know, the dominoes start to fall, then this is ultimately where we want to get to. And as you were saying in it, um, I think this tap room will probably actually be released before our next episode. And, yes, it will. Yeah. Um, so just a quick background from what you were saying, I um, saw a head and neck specialist last week for my migraines and my neck pain. Um, and she was the migraine specialist at this uh, neurology clinic, which was a, a clinic of like six or eight neurologists. And she was the migraine specialist, but she was a PA. Right. Um, and, but I felt like perhaps maybe more so because she was in that role and was not an MD and a boarded neurologist. She listened to me. She took like a very thorough history about how long and like, change of presentation or onset of my symptoms all of that stuff i felt like she listened to me and interacted with me in a way that previous neurologists have not and i feel like that's true for us as well and that like we interact with clients in a very different way mm-hmm. than veterinarians do right. um and i think that's a key piece that frankly they don't really get in the in school is yeah. is that like you can, I've said this before, you can be the best, you you can be house, right? You can be the best diagnostician right. out there. But if you can't, com- like in this field, if you can't communicate to clients those results or why you need to run the test that you do, you're never going to get anywhere. Right. And I think there is really room for this in this field. 2023 is not the time. We are not there yet, but it's on some level it has to be a goal that we're working towards. And I think Steve, you know, I think that goes to Steven's point, but the larger point overall is that the AVMA doesn't really seem interested in allowing that to happen. And I think there's going to have to be at least this generation and perhaps one or two further generations of veterinarians retire before we truly have a significant amount of veterinarian support. From what I saw in my time in academia, veterinary students, interns, residents, they know the value of credential technicians and they know the value of VTSs and what they bring to the practice because 
we, frankly, are the ones that teach them a lot of these skills. Right, exactly, in, yeah. In, in veterinary school. But if, if they come out into practice and they're coming into practices that don't have those people or veterinarians that graduated 20 years ago that were not taught in that environment, to me, I, I understand it's a bit of a stretch that, that they would just accept that we have this skill level and this knowledge when they've never seen us utilize it. I, Molly and I were talking before we before I jumped on here for this tap room today that much like I will say, there's a lot of veterinarians that graduate vet school with a DVM that I wouldn't trust to take care of my cats as far as I could throw them. Yeah. Frankly, there's a lot of RVTs that I would not trust to care for my cats that graduate as far as I could throw them. Like right. just because you have those credentials doesn't mean you are on that level. Like you still have to, you know, uh, not prove yourself, but like you have to demonstrate that you have this knowledge, that you have this skill. It still has to be that thing you work towards. And I just think that we are still unfortunately, at least a generation, if not two generations of veterinarians away from well, really uh, be able to, to do this. Yeah. And, and one thing that I've, I've been thinking of is, is that, you know, the, one of the, one of the downsides of it is, is who's going to fill this role? Who's going to be this mid-level practitioner? And Stephen mentions this in, in his article about, we've got VTSs, we've got RVTs, we've got LVTs that, that can do some of these things. And why are we just ignoring them and not promoting them to do some of these things mm -hmm. but the other part of that is is you know when you've got a like you said rvt's right out of school um dvm's right out of school they go through like a training period of right. this is how you operate on this level and i i think we're just naively thinking that we're going to have these mid-level practitioners that were like business graduates that decided they want to be a mid-level practitioner and then day one we're sending them out to do surgeries right. and diagnostics right. and things like that which really isn't going to be the case right. Um, right. I, I would think that at some point there's going to be some type of training program and some type of on-the-job yeah. uh, yeah. internship where they kind of get that you you would hope and, and yeah. in human medicine i mean you don't graduate vets or medical school and go right into practice you right. have to exactly. do the internship you have yeah. to do the after the school work before you go out into practice. And that's not the case in veterinary medicine. You can yeah. graduate May 30th, uh, and, you and, know, and be a practicing and DVM dog at, on, the, on the first, yeah, and whatever. Yeah, no, <laughs> right. Exactly. And so, you know, there has to be some level again, standardized education. And that's why I say we have to check all these other boxes first. Like I'm not saying that it has to be a bachelor's degree or the master's degree, but like, Probably everybody should at least have the AAS. I think, you know, what is the, I, I, I would like to ask this um, PA because I don't know, like, what her education yeah, what level training was and get? her training. Like, it's like, do we have to model this after the human profession? And because, I mean, that's where the roadmap is, is really going to yeah. come from. And so okay. we I, I steal all our stuff from, from the human world anyways. Right, right. Absolutely. <laughs> and. So, yeah, I mean, just more soapbox stuff about, you know, we're not there yet, but I do think like it still has to be in the long range plans. Like yeah. we as a profession still have to be work, working, growing with an eye towards that in the future yeah. and understand that maybe 2023, 2025, maybe even 2030 is not the time, but hopefully there will come a time 
probably before many of us have retired um, or moved on or left the profession, but hopefully somewhere down the road that will be a thing. But I genuinely appreciate people like Steven that are, and Meg Harrington, um, who was a guest on our podcast previously, that are out there like fighting these battles and and making these things happen now. Um, And making noise. It would would be great if if it was if it was, you know, there now, but like, there's, again, there's a few things we got to do first. As, yeah. As, as it, well it's done. not something that, yeah. it's not something that can happen overnight. And, and, you know, we've been talking about this for a good two years now, three years, maybe. Right. Yeah. And it, it's not something that's going to happen very right. quickly. It, it's something right. that's going to take time. Yeah. Um, and you know, the, 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 the point that I, that I wanted to make was that, you know, just because the, this kind of gets thrown out, I, I think, because of the way that it's being presented, it, it's getting a lot of pushback right from the start, which is hard. It makes mm-hmm. it makes the whole process even harder. Right. Um, and and we were talking to Kelly about I forget what what was the term she used instead of tech utilization collaboration. Tech collaboration. Yes. So putting technicians or VTSs in that role is only going to improve our job satisfaction it's going to improve our mm-hmm. self-worth it's going to improve uh the care that we can give uh it can it, it can give other technicians something else to strive for yeah um yeah. to just kind of move forward right and and i i said this when i was working in academia i, I because of my time at tufts i felt like so and i've said this several times before i know you've heard me say it but i felt like so many of the problems in veterinary medicine originate in veterinary school right and i would love to see like because all the faculty i worked with at tufts were very supportive of the vts role they like we were utilized to our fullest capacity frankly because we had to be but right but we were um i got to do things i never would have done at the urgent care that i was working at where i actually obtained my vts mm-hmm. but take it a step further as faculty, as a veterinary school, invite the AVMA board of delegates or house of delegates or whoever it is, invite those people in and say, this is what these people do. Like, don't just support us in the building, support us outside the building and mm-hmm. make it known to to the stakeholders. And by stakeholders, I mean like the AVMA who we are and what we actually do for you in your setting. Like it, it's one thing to promote us to the veterinary students and to utilize us in the building, but it's another th- like bring the AVMA in and say, watch these people spend the week mm-hmm. here, go across all of our services, watch the VTSs in IM, watch the VTSs run dialysis for four hours, yeah. watch them do this down in radio radio radiology on call radonk i don't even radonk, know the, yeah. you know like cardiology like watch the vts's throughout this hospital and then you might have an understanding of why they're looking for what they're looking for but until then like these people probably don't even work in hospitals anymore yeah that's like, the other thing is is I, I don't know who i don't honestly i, I don't know who's I don't on either. the board uh but i i would imagine they're not 
veterinarians that are right out of school that that have the no. ability to work with VTSs. No. They're probably people that were. I mean, I, I don't want to. I don't want to age anybody, but it, it could be people that were veterinarians before there were VTSs. Right. I mean, that's right. entirely possible. Right. And like you said earlier, it, it's going to take a couple generations of yeah. cycling through till we get to the people that are graduating now. Right. That are getting into those positions that are going to be supportive of us right and i just think like as the like i think i strongly feel the veterinary technician field at large can bang that drum till the cows come home but until until we get their support just veterinarians i'm talking veterinary specialists like the, the our diplomate colleagues until they actually beat the drum for us yeah for, for or, a while and, and also the people that stuck. are that are in those positions that are making those decisions that that Stephen was talking about in, in, right. in his article like until those people are going to be supportive of us i mean we're we're stuck right exactly 100 percent, 100 percent. yeah yeah mm. um so anyways <laughs> anyways enough about that I mean, you and i could just sit yeah we could tell we could, that all night we long could do that all i know night. it's i know it's getting late for you so let's recap our previous two episodes yeah. Um, so Jack Pye was the ultra ultrasound mm-hmm. uh, guru. Uh, amazing what he's doing. Um, just found one avenue of of our profession that he could help out with, Find and nerd. made it made it his nerd. And I love that for him. I love that for what he's doing for the UK. I love that for what he's doing for technicians over there. Uh, sorry, nurses over there. Mm-hmm. Um, but that it was great to talk to him. You know, he was he was somebody that somebody I forget who pointed me pointed him out to me um i want to say that was like back in december or january and we finally got around to getting him yeah. you know yeah. coordinating and all that stuff um but it was great to finally get to talk to him yeah um that that was i really enjoyed that and plus yeah, he's got uh, a he's got a british accent and right. i just love listening to the british accent <laughs> yeah for sure for sure yeah no that was a, a great episode and you know it was kind of one of my favorites along those lines of like finding your little spot in bed yeah. head, um since since Brian with Brian's bandages, uh, yeah. I really enjoyed that episode for the same reasons. And obviously like we touched on a lot about life as a RVN in the UK as well and education and um, you know, the ECC certification and VTS and all of that. But we talked a lot about, you know, where he's blazing this path with ultrasonography yeah. and, uh, and, and it kind of reminded me a lot of when we were talking with Brian about, you know, the same kind of thing mm-hmm. about like, this is my thing and this is what I want to do yeah. and come hell or high water. I'm going to find make it your happen. nerd. Find your nerd. Uh, I think, I think we just uh, coined a new t-shirt. Oh, uh, yes. so I will, I will make that t-shirt tomorrow. Nice. So I, <laughs> I, and I'm going to make some stickers. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, and then our most recent episode that uploaded uh, was Kelly Foltz. Um, Good. B- dear, big big yeah, friend of the, of the podcast. Dear friend of ours. Um, it, it's funny. Um, the last Ibex I went to, which was two years ago now, um, when we were recording with Kelly Foltz, um, or before we were like leading up to that, because um, Molly doesn't listen to the show, but she always asks who we're talking to or yeah. whatever. And she's like, who are you talking to this time? And I was like, Kelly Foltz. It's like, do you remember at the last IVEX we went to, the first person that came up to me and hugged me at check-in at registration? And she's <laughs> like, yes. And I was like, that was Kelly that Foltz. That was who it was, yeah. Um, and uh, we talked. She's doing so much. Um, I guess I, I'll i say on the legislative side, but I don't yeah, even know yeah. if that's right because it's it's like, 
veterinary technician education regulatory and schooling. Side? Regulatory side. That's regulatory, probably, yeah. Probably a much better way to put it. Um, so we talked to her a lot about CVTEA and accrediting veterinary technician schools. Um, and then the tech utilization task force that she was on and just fascinating discussion. Um, yeah. And we didn't even get to no, we, some yeah. of the research we're have she's to have her doing back. Yeah, on futile care. And I've kind of already been having side chats with her. We're going to have her back on in the not too distant future Yeah, because there's a whole episode of other things that she's doing and working on that is completely fascinating and not just amazing for our patients, but amazing for veterinary technicians. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to have her back on before too long to, to discuss about that because that was a whole, like, yeah, there, it would, it would not have done either conversation justice to no, try to fit no. that all in, in an hour. Or so, um, definitely download and check out those episodes if you haven't already. Um, I, I we've got another couple great episodes coming in the near future. Yep. Um, <laughs> Molly and I were just talking, she's like, you know, do you ever see like an end to the vet tech cafe? You know, do you ever feel like not relevant anymore? Like yeah. you're running out of material. And I was like, you know, I, I'm always concerned that we're going to, and yeah, and we just don't, we just don't. I mean, I mean, we keep finding people that are interesting to talk to that have a, yeah. a great story to tell. And, um, I, I mean, and are doing amazing things in this amazing field things. That, yeah. That we want to continue to highlight because yep. I mean, I think now more than ever, like it's easy to find a lot of that stuff online and, and, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. you know, Facebook groups and whatever else, but there's still so much out there that I think people aren't going to see or hear. And this is yeah. just another way for them to find yeah. different things that they can do or other people to look up to or role models or hear other conversation or mm-hmm. discussion. And so yeah, I mean, I don't know about and, you, and but I don't see us going anywhere anytime soon. We've said this. We've said this before. Is like even if nobody downloaded a single episode, mm-hmm. we just love having the conversations mm-hmm. with these people. Like two introverts, yeah, uh, enjoying having conversations with you know sometimes I, complete strangers. I, I saw a meme, and and I uh, I'm gonna find it again and send it to you, or maybe it was a TikTok or something. Which of course I don't TikTok, but I saw it on social media, and it was like, why is it that anytime two guys want to get together and talk about their feelings, they make a podcast. <laughs> and and I, I felt attacked. Yep. And I felt like, well, here we are. Yeah. Um, let, let's, and, let's just lean into it. Let's, let's yeah, just exactly though. You know, like I, I felt like everything that we've talked about along those lines has been very real, but we're also doing this whole other part where, we shine a light on all these cool yeah. people yeah. that are doing amazing things that other people in our field need to know about and maybe yeah. give them something else to think about. Um, in our most recent episode, which I won't give too much away because it's going to upload. It's the next episode coming out after this. Yeah. But, um, you know, at some point, most people are going to transition off the floor. Right. And so it's either finding something else to do or leave altogether. Or leave altogether, yeah. And and we can't afford that. Is, <laughs> right. We, a, we can't afford that. B, as a veterinary technician, there are things you never even thought of as a yeah. possibility. And I will leave that as a uh, spoiler or a trailer for our next episode. A, because a teaser. It's a teaser. A teaser, yeah. Because yeah. I, I think that's uh, like exactly what that next episode is. Yeah, yeah. And I, 
I, the the person we talked to, I I really enjoyed that conversation too. Hundred percent. A lot of, lot of great insight onto onto what she does. Um, you know, with her remote position, I'll leave yeah. it at that. Yeah. Um, and it's another person stuff. like that we've had on this show that you and I a would have never known her. Right. Um, never really probably interacted her with in, in any other fashion in the roles that we have. And two, I, I would have never known that that was a position a veterinary technician could hold. Right. Exactly. And so, as things always go with, with how small this community is, we know mutual people. <laughs> yeah, true. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think that was all the ground we wanted to cover for tonight. Uh, let's and, see. What else we got on oh, our list? Yeah. Oh, um, the Not One More Vet race is starting yes. in September. So that'll be, what, two, three weeks from when this uploads? Yes. Uh, we got a team already started. Um, I'm, I'm sure Beth Armstrong is going to blow us all out of the water. I don't know how yeah. she does it. I don't know if she's like riding her bike to work or what she does, but she always gets like 500 miles. And I'm like, I'm, I'm happy with my 50. <laughs> I will I will vow to ride my bike to work every day in September. <laughs> I don't know how I'll get up the stairs, but I'll try. That'll that'll probably total what, like point one mile? Not even that. Not, not even, even that. that. Not even that. Um but uh I, I will do some extra riding. Um now like Daphne's of age where like we got one of those um, things you can put on the back of a bike, like the little oh, like, yeah, yeah. things to like be yep. able to. So she's at an age where she can like sit back there with her little cup of snacks and a cup of water there and you go. be completely content. So hopefully it's not too blazing hot and we'll be able to get a few miles in. But, well, uh, and you're going to get 3.1 we'll miles get 3. at IVEX. 3.1 at IVEX. Um, and um, we are definitely going to have to have veterinary viewfinder by a severe to finish line. Yeah, Becky, if you're going to be there, I want I want a beer. Yes, yes, <laughs> absolutely. Well, what do you think? Anything else? I think we're good. We're, this, I think we're, so. We're, we're, we, we did a lot today. Yeah, we did. We covered some ground. So yeah. um, caffeinators, um, stay tuned. Uh, the next episode after this one, and really the next few are going to be great. We're going to have a special episode at, from IVEX from in IVEX, September. Yeah. Um, and just a lot of cool stuff coming. So yeah. um, thank you, everybody, for your support and the continued downloads. Bye, everybody. Bye.